0: And good afternoon, thank you for tuning in, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do want to thank you for tuning in. Also want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend, Warsaw, Columbia City. Go to rbcarcompany.com. As always, if you buy a vehicle there, please let them know that I sent you. All right, um, we got a lot to get to today. This is a busy day, and I was a bad radio host yesterday and didn't do a topic that I actually promoted and teased. So sorry about that. I want to lead the day off with some good news, okay? Some positive news. And I came up with this really good idea. So we, we've, I've got my producers in here. We, we, just, we, we all thought it was a good idea, right? The People's Fox, right? We all thought The People's Fox on Twitter was going to be a great idea. Let's start a Twitter handle, and let's do a Twitter handle called The People's Fox and talk about this fox who's been walking around in Capitol Hill biting people on Capitol Hill. Okay, this is a fox, an actual fox biting people on Capitol Hill. And I don't care who you are, that is a fox of the people. So I thought this was a great idea. And uh, come to find out, it already has a Twitter handle. It's, it's, not, it's not a good Twitter handle, it's Capital Fox. It, it, it's a great Twitter account. It's very funny, awesome satire in it. But the People's Fox would have been a heck of a lot better than Capital Fox, as far as I'm concerned, because let's be honest, this fox biting lawmakers is exactly what we want foxes to do. The good news is that the fox has rabies. So, um, yeah, you know what what that means? Even if they didn't get infected with rabies, it means they have to get the rabies shots now. Have you ever seen what rabies shots look like? (laughs) The idea that lawmakers are going to have to go through the rabies protocol, I'm sorry, brings me great joy because it's not pleasant. If you haven't seen it, do do yourself a favor. Go look up going through the rabies regimen because it is awful. So the fox that menaced Capitol Hill earlier this week, biting a U.S. congressman and at least eight other people, who all probably deserved it, has tested positive for rabies, according to the uh, Department of Health in Washington, D.C. D.C. Public Health Lab has confirmed that the fox that was captured yesterday tested positive for the rabies virus, the agency said. D.C. Health is contacting all human victims who were bitten by the fox, and all of them got to go through the rabies protocol. Unfortunately... The fox was humanely euthanized because if it has rabies, it's, it's done for anyway. Um, so, yeah, it bit people on Capitol Hill Monday and Tuesday. So it was a, a repeat thing. And, of course, people in Washington, D.C. were probably like, holy smokes, there's a fox out here. What's that? What's that all about? And then you go, and then the fox bit him because that's what foxes do. Foxes are actually really, really cool animals. I used to have a den of foxes in my old house. Uh, Fox bit Representative Ami Barra, Democrat of the People's Republic of California, again, who deserved it, on Monday while he was also on his way to, to the uh, the Capitol. The Associated Press noted uh, that Barra began rabies, uh, rabies <laughs> <laughs> procedure on Tuesday. <laughs> Some of you might think that I'm being a little mean by this, but let's come on. This is great. I don't want anybody to die. OK, I mean, the Fox is already dead, but I don't want anybody to die. But the idea that politicians have to go through the whole rabies post-bite procedure, I'm sorry. It just makes me giddy. It's funny because it's an awful, horrendous thing to go through. Um, But it's also not going to kill them. So there's that. All right. Yesterday, I did forget, and I apologize about this. This is totally my fault. I forgot to do the BLM story. And the BLM story is a very big deal. I should have done it yesterday. I don't even know how I missed it. I think it just got buried in the show prep and I just totally forgot about it. And what ended up happening is a, since it was the title of the live stream and I had teased it on the, the commercial promotions that run here on the station, what had happened is a bunch of you were very angry and decided to send me messages in all sorts of ways and places. And you let me know that you were angry about not talking about the BLM story. So what it is, is Black Lives Matter has been caught again buying real estate. Now, this is, this is the latest example. Another mansion has been purchased by BLM. This one costs $6 million. So Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cullors lashed out at racist media coverage that exposed her $6 million mansion in Los Angeles that was purchased with donor funds. The report was published by investigative journalist Sean Kevin Campbell, a black man, in New York Magazine on Tuesday. New York Magazine by the way, Liberal Magazine. So you have a black reporter, Liberal Magazine publishing all of this and yet she's calling the media racist for reporting on it. Now, this is what the third or fourth real estate scandal involving BLM in the past several months. Remember there was a a the, the initial real estate scandal was talking about how many properties Patrice Cullors had purchased. Then we ended up finding out, again, these are expensive properties. Then we ended up finding out that Black Lives Matter, Patrice Cullors, purchased the former head, well, not head, headquarters of the Communist Party in Canada. eh? The former headquarters of the Communist Party in Canada. She purchased that mansion for her, her, her lover slash spouse. I don't know if they're married. Too lazy to look it up. So they did that, and now we've got this story. So we've got multiple real estate purchases. Then you have another massive real estate purchase in another country and now another $6 million mansion. So multiple mansions have been purchased by BLM, who, again, is supposed to be out there advocating on behalf of of the poor and the downtrodden, particularly in the black community. And and that's not exactly what they're doing. Now, I told you when Black Lives Matter first started and we started seeing all um, all of these stories about them and they were really becoming mainstream and people were asking me, why do these groups keep popping up? I would routinely tell you they are they're basically money laundering scams. That's generally what they are. Not always specifically money laundering, but they are designed to generate revenue. They're designed to serve as a fundraising mechanism for one political party. This is how these things get set up. This is why they go so so viral. This is why a political party will always back these groups because they serve as a de facto fundraising arm for that party. Um, then of course you found out that Act Blue, which is the fundraising mechanism for the Democratic Party, was processing all of the payments and all of the donations to Black Lives Matter. And Act Blue was, of course, saying, no, 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 we're not taking any of this. This is not a funding mechanism for the Democratic Party. That's not what's happening, except the fees and stuff like that that Act Blue collects go to the Democratic Party. So even if they weren't siphoning off actual donations, fees were of course benefiting the Democratic Party. And it was funny watching the news media pretend that that's not how the fees and everything else um, won't work. So what do we have here? Uh, Yesterday's article in New York Magazine is a despicable abuse of a platform that's intended to provide truthful information to the public. She said, this is Patrice Collars on Instagram, journalism is supposed to mitigate harm and inform our communities. That fact that a reputable publication would allow a reporter with a proven and very public bias against me and other black leaders to write a piece filled with misinformation and you went to an in, incendiary opinions is disheartening and unacceptable. Now, keep in mind, this is the same Black Lives Matter that's already been caught. Multiple real estate scams, uh, well, scandals, I should say, not scams, scandals. Uh, multiple vehicle purchasing scandals. And, and has been making some of their donations disappear. So much so that they were actually forbidden from continuing to fundraise until the investigation was over because people are wondering where the money is going it's not being accounted for in the proper ways so kohler has purchased this property in october of 2020 in los angeles los angeles studio city neighborhood and it was all purchased with donor funds stop giving your money to them there are plenty of other leaders in the black community that have been fighting for the black community that are not racist, that are not bigots, and will not exploit young black men for their own greed. Give those people your time. Give those people your attention. Help them with their mission, not Black Lives Matter. we got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Hey everybody. Casey Hendrickson here for Faber's B Window. Look, you don't want your neighbors knowing your business. And if you have crappy windows, that sound's going to get out of your house they're going to be all up in your business. They're going to know everything that you're doing, whether it's legal or not. So go to bwindow.com and have Faber's B Window install brand new windows. Not only are you going to save money because your, your inside climate is not escaping to the outside and you don't have to run your furnace, your air conditioner as much, but you're going to improve the aesthetics of your house, your curb appeal, which, of course, is going to improve the value of your home. And you're going to get a lot more privacy. You won't be able to hear the vehicles out on the street as much, the neighbors doing whatever they're doing in their yard as much. And, of course, you'll maintain your privacy as well. And right now, if you go to B Window, B Window is offering up to 50% off windows, siding, doors, and porch conversions, plus a $1,000 gas card on every qualifying purchase, which should last you three or four days at least with the current gas prices, and a 15-year unsecured financing for up to $100,000. All of that is available with Favors B Window right now. Please go to bwindow.com and let them know that I sent you. You remember when they got the first January 6 conviction? You remember that? Remember how the news media plastered that on every single page that they that they published? It was linked in every single article on an unrelated news story. They ran with it on their nightly broadcasts. They would not shut up about it, right? They would not shut up about it. Well, there's been the first acquittal of a January 6th defendant. And wouldn't you know it? The media is nice and quiet about that. Isn't that strange? It's it's very weird. It's almost like there's an agenda or something. So for the first time, a person has received an acquittal for involvement in the January 6th Capitol breach. This is uh, justthenews.com. U.S. District Judge Trevor McFadden, not related to the local McFadden's, on Wednesday, acquitted New Mexico engineer Matthew Martin. I actually don't know if they're related. I, I, I'm assuming not because the judge seems reasonable. On four misdemeanor charges after the defendant testified that he thought police allowed him into the Capitol on January 6th of 2021. McFadden said Martin's assertion was plausible based on videos from that day. The judge, a Trump appointee, said prosecutors did not prove a case beyond a reasonable doubt. People were streaming by and the officers made no attempt to stop the people, McFadden said. So this goes back to what I was telling all of you from the next day, the very next day after January 6th happened. And we were starting to break down all of those videos. I was doing this for uh, premium subscribers and in additional content, as well as on the radio show. There are several different locations in which people entered the Capitol on January 6th. In some locations the crowd started the violence. In other locations, it appears that government agents seem to initiate the violence. In some locations, the police initiated the violence with crowd control devices. One of which, the fact, that first crowd control device is being accused of killing one of the Trump supporters who passed away that day. There's an active lawsuit pending in that particular case. And then in the other instance, you had law enforcement open the door and wave people through. And that's what we're talking about here. If you were one of the people in that area, not the other areas, okay? The other areas are obviously, you know, there's different circumstances, different things happen in those areas. But if you were one of the people who entered the Capitol in the area where police opened the door and waved you through, how could you possibly be charged with any crime? Now, most of these folks are facing, like, trespassing charges, okay? They're not facing anything serious. And if you're going to wave people through into the Capitol and you go through because, hey, you're waved through and you walk through and you don't engage in any violence, you don't engage in any vandalism. You're literally just walking through the halls of the Capitol, yelling and chanting and and that sort of stuff. That's all you're doing. Okay, You're peacefully protesting. And many people, most people who went into the Capitol were, in fact, peacefully protesting. Very few people actually engaged in any of the violence. So that's that's just. Again, the reality of all of this, and anybody who's honest about their coverage of this will be able to admit that that is true. If somebody says the opposite, don't believe that person. That person's not telling you the truth. So you have these people walking through who have been waved through by law enforcement. That's a part of this trial. And the judge said, look, the prosecutors have not proven at all that this person broke the law. They were allowed in. And if they were allowed in, they could not have broken the law by entering the Capitol building. So you can't you can't hold them responsible for it. Now, there's going to be an awful lot of fact checks that have already been published about how, you know, being let into the Capitol because there's tons of these fact checks being let into the Capitol was that was just the police being scared. So the police were scared and outnumbered. So rather than allow the crowd to get violent, they just let them in. Well, that doesn't matter what their motivations for letting them in were. They let them in. And if you let them in, you are inviting them into your home. So, prosecutors argued that Martin should have known that he could not enter the Capitol after seeing broken windows and hearing an alarm. But McFadden countered that the crowd's size and the police conduct undermined that argument. Martin also became the first January 6th defendant to testify in his own case, and he said that he believed an officer waved him into the Capitol rotunda that afternoon. I do think the defendant reasonably believed that officers allowed him into the Capitol, McFadden said. Now, keep in mind, the video that we have of this rotunda, the, the surveillance video on the rotunda, the video that we have of that, the government fought to keep secret and hidden from all of you. The government did not want that video to be released. So they fought in this case to hide that from the public. And you, again, you have to take a step back. And you have to ask yourself the basic, basic questions here. Why does the government not want us to see this video? If the video proves how bad the, uh, the the Capitol rioters were, why would they not want to show it to the public? The government is all about showing you all of the other videos from surveillance and everything else that, that happened at the Capitol. They have no qualms about you seeing broken windows and people jumping through those windows and that sort of thing. So why did the government not want you to see this one? Because it shows the officers waving people in. That's why. That's the truth. It undermines their case against a bunch of the defendants here. So the government is actively promoting one, one narrative to the public by releasing surveillance video and evidentiary video that was recorded by people who are in the crowd or officers themselves or what have you. They're okay with that stuff being shown everywhere, but they did not want you to see officers on the rotunda waving people in. And because they didn't want you to see that, you have to ask yourself, are they actually prosecuting these cases in a correct and honest way? Or is this basically a giant witch hunt? And I'm sorry, but if you think that this is not a witch hunt, and I'm not saying that there aren't some people who deserve to go to jail here. But if, you're, if you do not understand or acknowledge that this is a witch hunt, there's something wrong with your medulla oblongata because you're a little messed up in the head. It's probably because of tribalism and other nonsense, but this is, this is undeniable. And anybody who spends 10 minutes, this is going to take you a little bit longer than three or four or five minutes, but anybody who spends 10 minutes looking at this stuff, we'll see cases where the police waved them through. The police removed barriers. The police allowed them to enter the Capitol at various points. There's not one door to the Capitol. There's a lot of them. And different things happen in different areas of the Capitol. So if you don't acknowledge that, you're just not an honest person. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. Now, if you're ignorant of it because you haven't done enough research on it, that's fine. Just keep your trap shut and let everybody who does know about it, talk about it. So that way you're not muddying the waters with what you believe may theoretically have happened, having absolutely no evidence whatsoever. Uh, Let's see. The judge stressed that the officers were grossly outnumbered and he was not criticizing them. I think that they acted responsibly and reasonably throughout. Martin did not shout when he went inside. The judge said he did not raise his flag. The case uh, may set an important precedent for January 6th defendants who are likely to use Martin's argument in future cases. And as long as they were in the areas like the rotunda or some of the areas where they were let in, guess what? It's going to be an effective defense. Now, if the prosecution can show, even if they were waived in, they still damaged some stuff in the Capitol or what have you, those folks are still going to be in trouble. But we also know that there wasn't a lot of damage to the Capitol. The news media tried to run with tens of millions of dollars in damage and that sort of thing. That ended up not being the case. What did end up being like hundred grand or something like that was the total damage. There, there's there's virtually no damage uh, to the Capitol at all. So for a massive crowd that we had on January sixth, you know, breaking into the Capitol and rioting and everything else, there sure was a large amount of things in the Capitol completely untouched and not destroyed. And the other thing that I've always pointed out is. While you will see people damage some things and break some windows and, and misbehave, you will also see people walking behind them in these videos, picking up trash, putting statues back, cleaning things up after the actual uh, hooligans, if you will, were doing what they were doing in the Capitol. So there's a large part of that portion of that crowd that was inside the Capitol that's actually cleaning up after them. And again, if you don't acknowledge that, you're just a dishonest person. I don't really know what else to say. MNC Newstime is 3.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. Well, we got breaking news. It's not rabies, but Pelosi has COVID. She has tested positive for COVID. Uh, if you missed the uh, the People's Fox earlier at the beginning of the show, look, I'm just going to rename it. I'm sorry, it's not Capitol Fox. It's the People's Fox. The People's Fox was biting a bunch of people at the Capitol the past couple of days. They caught it. It tested positive for rabies. So Now a member of Congress and eight other people have to go through the rabies regimen. Uh, Nancy Pelosi has tested positive for COVID. And uh, she was at a White House event yesterday. So another, another close proximity to the former Vice President Joe Biden with a COVID positive case. Uh so you know, again, we'll we'll keep you informed on anything dealing with this, but uh uh we'll we'll see exactly what what develops from it. This is only uh, you know, about two hours old. So but they're announcing it on the the cable television networks right now. So again, Pelosi has tested positive for COVID. Of course, Jen Psaki tested positive um not that long ago. But she's already back to work. At least until she leaves for MSNBC. <clears throat> All right, uh, what else do we have here? Okay, go ahead and cue my audio, please, uh, duo of producer people. So this, this is a very important piece of audio that I'm going to play for you, and this involves The Atlantic. And for, for the record, The Atlantic is a horrible newspaper. The Atlantic is not a paper that anybody should take seriously, but an Applebaum is one of the reporters over at Atlantic and she was asked a very good question by a student at the University of Chicago. And he asked her a question about something that she had written about the Hunter Biden laptop. I want you to listen to the question, which I thought was a great question. It was well-worded, very articulate, very to the point, nothing biased about the question at all. And also I want you to listen to her response. Here it is. Let's take a Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Really appreciate it. I'm Daniel Schmidt. I'm a freshman at the University of Chicago. My question is for Ms. Applebaum. Um, So in 2020, you wrote, those who live outside the Fox News bubble do not, of course, need to learn any of the stuff about Hunter Biden, referring to his laptop, of course. Uh, A poll later after that found that if voters knew about the content of the laptop, 16% of Joe Biden voters would have acted differently. Now, of course, we know a few weeks ago, the New York Times confirmed that the content is real. Do you think the media acted inappropriately when they instantly dismissed uh, Hunter Biden's laptop as Russian disinformation? And what can we learn from that in ensuring that what we label as disinformation is truly disinformation and not reality? Okay, let me just pause it real quick, because what a well-formulated question. You You wrote this about the Hunter Biden laptop. Um, we, we've got the Hunter Biden laptop that's confirmed. It's actually been confirmed since October of 2020, but the New York Times just confirmed it in 2022. And it's just a very good question. It's like, look, people label this misinformation. It's not misinformation. It is accurate. It is 100% true. What can we do going forward so we don't label true things as misinformation? It's a great question. You know, If you're sitting there doing a forum about journalism and media and, and all of that stuff, that is a great question. I think he did a fantastic job in asking that question. It was asked the appropriate and proper way. But here's her response. Listen to this. I mean, my, my problem with Hunter Biden's laptop is, I think, totally irrelevant. Uh-huh. I mean, it's not oh. whether it's disinformation. It's or. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. think the... Hunter Biden's um, mm. business relationships have anything to do with who should be president of the United States. So right. I, didn't fi- I don't find it to be interesting. I mean, that, that would be my mm. problem with the, that as a, as a major news story. I don't find it to be interesting. I don't think Hunter Biden's business dealings are relevant to who should be president of the United States. Here's the problem with that. Okay. Um, you've got multiple government officials in Ukraine who have accused Joe Biden of working with his son and his brother to steal upwards of $50 million from that country. You've got multiple, multiple business dealings with unsavory people, including Russians, including members of the Chinese Communist Party, including the uh, government officials in Kazakhstan. Uh, Do I need to remind everybody that Hunter Biden got a lot of money from a Russian oligarch's wife? Do I need to remind everybody about that? Come on, everything Russia or has been affiliated with Russia is supposed to be canceled right now, right? And guess what? Hunter Biden used Air Force Two to fly to a lot of these business deals. And his dad was in the same country with him at the same time that a lot of these business deals went down. And Hunter Biden got lots of money from these people. And suddenly, magically, there was a meeting with Joe Biden that came out of nowhere. Okay, Why is the mayor of the largest city in Kazakhstan's son? Why is he meeting with Joe Biden? What business does he have with Joe Biden? Who at the time, was the vice president of the United States. Let's not forget, not one, but two business partners of Hunter Biden have said the big guy and now we've got grand jury um, grand jury testimony on the big guy being Joe Biden. Okay? These are criminal allegations. Now, if if everything involving Hunter Biden had nothing to do with Joe Biden or his life, that would be one thing. But that's not the issue. So even After all of this stuff has been confirmed, you still have the Atlantic's and an Apple bomb out there going, I just don't think it's relevant or interesting. Yes, it is, because the person sitting in the White House right now has been accused of criminal activity in his son's business ventures. And I would like to remind everybody that at least one of his son's business partners involved in those entities which are alleged to get money to Joe Biden has been convicted of fraud for said business adventures. It's absolutely relevant. Got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. Everybody, Casey Hendrickson here for ZBART of South Bend. So um, I've told you that ZBART of South Bend has done lots of services on our vehicles over the years. My current vehicle has got the undercoating taken care of. I've had it detailed a couple of times. I've got the Ceramic Z-Gloss paint coating on there. Um, I'm actually taking it in on Monday to get additional services done with it. And then on Tuesday, we are taking my wife's new car in to go get her new vehicle, Ceramic Z-Gloss. We had it on the old vehicle, but we don't have that car anymore, and we haven't had the new one taken care of yet. So we're going to go to Z-Bart on Tuesday, drop her vehicle off for a couple of days while Z-Bart does their thing. Ceramic Z-Gloss paint coating is amazing. This is a real full paint process ceramic coating on your vehicle. It is harder than paint. It's going to protect your vehicle from you know dings and scratches and things like that. And it is a phenomenal product. Uh, water and other contaminants are going to slide right off of this thing. You're going to have much much fewer water spots on your vehicle. Your vehicle is going to stay cleaner. It's going to shine better than it did when it was brand new off of the factory floor. Ceramic Z gloss paint coating. Is what you put on your vehicle if you actually want to protect your investment with your vehicle. It is a phenomenal product that has a seven year warranty on it. Go to ZBART of South Bend. Let them know that I sent you ZBART of South Bend. Yeah, as we were, uh, we're just discussing this during the. Commercial break on the live stream on rumble.com slash Casey, the host. You can go watch the live stream there. Please hit that subscribe button and join us. So we were, uh, we we're talking about this and you know, the Atlantic reporter, Applebaum, she's out there going, I don't, yeah, I don't really think that Hunter Biden's uh, potential criminal activity is all that relevant. Yada, yada, yada. And it just doesn't interest me. So I'm just going to cover it. But you know, she would write a whole lot of articles about Ivanka. She would write articles about Eric Trump and Donald Trump Jr. And probably Barron Trump. I haven't looked. She's probably attacked Barron Trump on her social media. I would bet money on it. So, again, this is how disingenuous they are. But I want to remind everybody, cue my audio, please. I want to remind everybody, this is a montage of the news media spreading for about two weeks a debunked seven-hour call gap on January 6th for Donald Trump, which has been completely debunked, yet another Another lie about Trump debunked. This is a little montage of the media doing that here recently.
1: Other than Watergate reporter Bob Woodward, the same reporter who broke Watergate, now breaking this story. Seven hours and 37 minutes on January 6th. That is the time gap in former President Trump's call logs from the day of the
0: U.S. Capitol attack. A gap in the official records during the assault. Something is missing.
1: This is an incredible gap. It's just extraordinary. Who was he talking to? What was he doing? There was a seven-hour, 37-minute gap in the log. That gap was seven hours and 37 minutes. Seven-hour and 37-minute gap.
0: Okay, I I have literally a minute and 10 seconds of extra content of that. But you get the point, right? You get the point. Do I need to play them more or do they get the point? I think they get the point. 40 seconds of it, I think you get the point. There's an additional minute and 10 seconds of that exact same thing. Pushing a debunked narrative. It's not real. There was no 7 hour and 37 minute gap in calls. But they pushed it. They pushed it. And after that story fell apart, what did they do? They went out there and they started pushing that there was some kind of a White House visitor log issue. Right? They're trying to get that one off the ground right now. You realize we're at a point, And here's the thing. While they were pushing this, a lot of you didn't even know about it. And that tells you something. Because we have a media that's now pushing conspiracy theory after conspiracy. This is why I call them Blue Anon. Okay? They are Blue Anon. That's who they are. They will push conspiracy theories. And they have pushed so many debunked conspiracy theories about Trump that we're at a point now where nobody is paying attention to them when they accuse Trump of doing anything. That's that's the truth. I mean, it's a positive development that people are now seeing this as much more, skept, much more skeptically than they used to. But... I've got another minute and 10 seconds of that. Of them talking about this. But it was a hoax. It wasn't real. But they ran with it anyway. And you had all of the uh, the usual players in there. You had throw some Shepard Smith in there too. You know, all the night uh, nightly host comedians and all of that stuff. It was all nonsense. All nonsense. None of it was real. But that didn't matter. Did not matter that none of it was real. So then you come into... Where did this other story go? There we go. Uh, CBS. Okay. So let's, let's take a look. CBS did talk, did talk about the latest Hunter Biden bombshells. ABC and NBC completely ignored them. After almost a week of ignoring the multiple revelations in the mounting Hunter Biden scandals in favor of gushing over former President Obama or Joe Biden's sister, CBS Evening News returned to reality and ran an in-depth report on Hunter and James Biden's shady business dealings in China. Now, they're avoiding Ukraine. They don't want to talk about Ukraine. They don't want to talk about his shady business dealings in Russia. They don't want to talk about his shady business dealings in Kazakhstan. They'll focus on China, though. Meanwhile, ABC World News Tonight and NBC Nightly News, who were preoccupied, with stories on actor Will Smith's outburst at the Oscars or the weather could not be bothered to cover the story. Senior investigative correspondent Catherine Herridge, who, for the record, okay, and I know that Catherine Herridge left Fox and she went to CBS, but I, I stand by this. Catherine Herridge is the best in the business. You do not have a better journalist out there than Catherine Herridge. Period. And I say that knowing a lot of good journalists. And, you know, her leaving Fox was a tremendous blow to Fox News. It was their fault. I feel that Fox mistreated her. I understood her reasons for leaving. But at the same time, you know, I understand that a lot of people look at this and go, oh, CBS News and everything else. But, yeah, CBS is a problem. Catherine Herridge got the job done over at CBS, though. And, yes, was it a week late? Sure. She's probably been fighting with the executives and management over there for a week to get the story put out. But that's Catherine Herridge the best in the business, as far as I'm concerned. I put Catherine Harridge up there with Cheryl Ackeson. I mean, they're just amazing journalists. So she reported on the newest bombshells in the Hunter and James Biden saga for CBS, in which she reported the network has learned that more than 150 transactions involving either Hunter or James Biden's global business affairs were flagged as concerning by U.S. banks for further review. Herridge also added that some of those concerns included large wire transfers, and she sat down with Senator Chuck Grasley, Republican of Iowa, who has led the charge in the Senate to investigate the first son's corrupt activities. Harris was able to glean some additional information on what Grasley learned. Now, I would like to remind you that Chuck Grasley is the guy who has had the bank receipts for years now, and everybody say, oh, he's making it up, he's making it up. Those bank transactions, those are all confirmed as legitimate. All of the Democrats, all of the members of the news media that lied about Chuck Grassley and all of these bank transfers and everything else that he had the documents for, they all owe him an apology. Of course, he won't get it, but they all owe him an apology. So Heridge asked Grassley, she goes, these records come directly from the banks, no third party. Grassley says, you're absolutely right. Heridge continues, in our interview, Grassley did not allege the Bidens broke the law, but he said it's concerning that both Hunter and James Biden were promised retainers for their China work totaling $165,000 a month into 2017 after Joe Biden left the vice presidency. Grassley then said, we have people with the Biden name dealing with Chinese business people that have a relationship through the Chinese Communist Party. And I think that's very concerning. Of course, it's concerning. Where do, what does China do? Okay, China, Okay, they send their spies to do what? To sleep with members of Congress very targeted members of Congress, right? Smallwell, people on the Intelligence Committee. There's another Democrat that just got roped into having an affair with a Chinese spy again, another Democrat. And we ended up finding out from uh, from her that they do this at the lowest level. They get mayors, they get governors, they get state representatives that are looking to leap into the national stage, and the, they're all being engaged by Chinese spies in one way or another. I'm not saying that they're all having... Um, you know, romantic relations with them. But this is something that the Chinese government does and they gain access to documents and they steal technology. This is what they do. So even though it took CBS a week to get there, Catherine Herridge put together a great report. She did a great job because Catherine Herridge is great at what she does. And you still had ABC and NBC completely ignoring the fact that not only is this potential criminal activity in the first family, but again, it is directly connected to Joe Biden. I've always said this before. I don't know. I played you the soundbite from Noise when we had Bill O'Reilly a couple of years ago in the middle of the pandemic. I don't know if what the Ukrainian government officials are saying about the Biden family is true, but I do know that we have a treaty with the country of Ukraine for the discovery phase of pre-trial, and we have not abided by that treaty at all. And the reason that we haven't is because it would be damaging to the Biden family because you have several members of Ukrainian parliament, including their version of the attorney general, saying that the entire Joe Biden family and many other prominent Democrats stole $50 million from the Ukrainian people. Interesting that we can't get that story heard, right? More coming up next. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's news channel. I am your I'm your host Casey Hendrickson sorry inside joke I should have done it right before I came on the air I apologize <clears throat> bad form bad form I uh, want to thank R&B car company locations in South Bend and Warsaw R&B car company are your used car experts that even made me laugh dude if I made myself laugh that's good right okay <sighs> let's go over a couple of green stories a little bit later on in the show uh, leftists have attacked the United States Navy SEALs uh, and the Navy SEALs lost. We'll talk about that coming up in a little bit. Also, the FDA's own experts really don't have any idea why they're asking you to get booster shots. They don't really know. So that's confidence inspiring. So we'll talk about that and much more. Uh, let's see. Oh, 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 one more thing, too. The, uh, the cell phone, the free cell phones for uh, illegal immigrants coming to the U.S. That's, that's going to be a doozy. We'll do that one at 5 o'clock. That's a doozy of a story. All right. Here's an article out of uh, the Epic Times. Most Australian solar farms are exposed to China's slave labor supply chains. Now, I've been trying to tell you for some time, if you are pro-electric vehicle like Pete Buttigieg is, you are pro-slavery. I don't know why Pete Buttigieg doesn't like people who don't look like him, but he doesn't. He's pro-slavery. He's all in favor of indentured servitude. And that kind of makes him just an all-around awful human being. At least six in every 10 of Australia's largest solar farms have sourced solar panels from supply chains vulnerable to China's Uyghur forced labor programs. The United States, Australia, and other Western countries have condemned the Chinese Communist Party over its human rights abuses against more than a million Uyghurs in China, including its use of mass detention, slave labor, and forced sterilization. Now, of course, uh, leftists in the United States are all in favor of forced sterilization because their hero who started Planned Parenthood was all about it too. But one industry exposed to the communist regime's forced labor program is one that Australia has become increasingly more dependent on solar power. We've been talking about this for quite some time. By the way, all this stuff to do the solar power and everything else and your electric vehicles, it also involves slave labor in Africa. It's not just in China. It's not just the Uyghurs, but also African slave labor to work those mines. A groundbreaking report from May of 2021 titled In Broad Daylight revealed several solar manufacturers operating out of China had either been directly involved in Uyghur slave labor or sourced polysilicon, a primary material used in nearly all solar panels from suppliers who were. An investigation by the Epic Times has uncovered that at least 60% of Australia's biggest operating solar farms feature arrays of panels made by one of these companies. So, sixty percent of the solar farms in Australia are made with slave labor in China. Panel makers uh, include Jinko Solar, Chinese Canadian company Canadian Solar, uh, Trina Solar, JA Solar, Astro, Astro Astronergy, okay, uh, and Longgi. Uh, which had all been found to be customers of one or more polysilicon suppliers engaged in Uyghur slave labor programs. So if you have any solar panels from any of those companies, congratulations, you support slave labor too. That's okay. You're okay with slave labor as long as it makes your iPhone charge. Furthermore, as pointed to by the report, Jinko Solar, one of Australia's most common solar panel brands, and Trina Solar both directly participated in these, fam- these same forced labor programs. These solar panel manufacturers can also be found across Australia, ranging from smaller-scale solar farms to the rooftops of many Australian households and businesses. Uh, very interesting stuff. Now, uh, you should also know, too, that Australia, large swaths of Australia have converted over to uh, so-called green energy, and they have had massive issues with brownouts and blackouts and, and that sort of thing. Uh, since they did that. And we're at a point now where Germany, uh, the new regime in Germany is saying, okay, we're not going to continue to deal with the the wind and solar power issues that we are having. We're going to convert to nuclear because this is getting ridiculous. Uh, and it is. If if you've been watching Ger- Germany's uh, energy problems, I mean, it's they pay more. They have less stable grids. Uh, they have to sell the surplus of energy that they get at certain points of the year at a loss and they don't have enough energy for other parts of the year, depending on the weather and everything else. So in Germany, the new regime there understands that they want to do what France did and they want to go nuclear. And hopefully they start doing that because that will certainly benefit them. So this is just, you know, solar, solar farms. And and that's not me talking about, you know, Solara or Ivanpah or anything else in the United States. Now, uh, let's go to wind energy here in the U.S. A wind energy company has been fined $8 million for killing 150 eagles. Now, I don't really know how you're supposed to prevent eagles from flying into the blades of a wind turbine. I'm not exactly sure how you're supposed to do that, but uh, apparently you get fined if you kill eagles, and this has been well-known for a long time. They, these wind turbines do, in fact, kill wildlife, okay? They kill wildlife. They're more dangerous to wildlife than a border fence on the southern border of Mexico would ever be, and yet the environmentalist groups always use environmental impact to try and stop the border wall, on the southern border, the green energy company Nextera, Nextera Energy, subsidiary of ESI Energy, pled guilty to violating the Migratory Bird Treaty Act on Tuesday. Isn't that the same one that protects the Canadian geese? The Migratory Bird Treaty Act, in that one, because we got four treaties that get rolled into that one, and that's why we have too many geese everywhere. You see the Elkart sidebar. Okay, <clears throat> this is me ranting. You see the uh, that Elkart has no idea how to deal with the Canadian geese. Right, Mayor Robertson, go to Elkhart County. Get out of the city limits. Go to Elkhart County and just ask a couple of people on the side of the road how you should handle the, the overabundance of Canada geese in Elkhart. Guarantee you they will provide you with solutions that you never even conceived of. All effective and all perfectly safe for human beings. Anyway, so the Migratory Bird Act was violated by ESI Energy. In Wyoming federal court, according to the AP, wind energy companies are allowed to apply for a permit that grants them immunity from the inevitable bird deaths that result from the massive turbines. You know what else kills birds? Solar power plants. You ever heard of the term streamers? You're not. In your, have you heard me tell this story a million times or what? You just know that. Josh is like, oh yeah, they do. Yeah, okay. So keep in mind, I'm from the desert. Okay, I'm from. I'm from a couple of miles away from Ivanpah, okay? <laughs> and Solar is in Arizona. Ivanpah is on the border of California and Nevada. And there's something called streamers. Have you heard of what a streamer is? Do you know what a streamer is? Do you know what a streamer is? No. Okay. A streamer is what happens to a bird after it gets death rayed to death by the solar array from the solar plants. They literally phaser death birds midair. And as the birds get phaser death and fall to the ground like they've been shot down in World War One, they leave a stream of smoke behind them. I am not making this up. This is real. Look it up. I'm sure there's a bunch of snuff film channels and everything else probably run by PETA because they really hate animals. Talking about streamers. Your solar ray basically turns into a giant Death Star and kills birds when they fly over. True story. But isn't it interesting that your environmentally friendly green energy solutions can apply for a permit to kill wildlife? You can't dig a pond for the geese, the overabundance of Canada geese in your backyard, because you might kill off a stupid beetle, but your green energy, please. can go ahead and slaughter the national bird. You got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. If you're like my producers and you're constantly holding fingers up at me, but you find that it's starting to strain your knuckles and not feel really good, maybe you got some pain in your joints, go to allnaturalcbd.org. Get some of this full spectrum CBD lotion. You can rub it on your hands, and I'm telling you right now, you're going to be back to giving me fingers. It's not going to bother you anymore. Allnaturalcbd.org. Promo code KC10 to save 10%. You can get a natural lavender flavor. Not flavor. Don't eat eat the lotion. Natural lavender scent or unscented, where you can walk around and not smell like a giant medicine ball that is repulsive to every single human being around you. Don't go to a drugstore and get the goopy stuff that doesn't actually do anything, but it feels like it's doing something. But that's really just designed... To make you not focus on the real pain that you have. How about something that actually gets rid of the pain? Like CBD. Full spectrum CBD. All natural. CBD.org. Promo code KC10. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3. Michiana's news channel. Don't forget, you can watch the live stream. Rumble.com slash host. The phrase of the day today for the comment section on Rumble is the people's fox. The people's fox. Phrase of the day. Not in the live chat section, in the comment section of the video. Appreciate it. Although I do appreciate people just coming up with their own words of the day. Uh, <laughs> I can appreciate that. You just get tired of waiting for me to tell you what it is. so You just do it anyway. That's That's fine by me. All right, uh, got to talk about Cracker Jacks. Remember Cracker Jacks? Cracker Jacks are, uh, they're not woke enough, so Cracker Jacks got to be changed around. Now, I did have a really good question yesterday when I teased this. because I said, we're going to talk about how Cracker Jacks are being canceled. And, you know, Cracker Jacks is caramel corn, but uh, Cracker Jacks getting canceled. And somebody said, are they going to start finally calling them Caucasian Jacks? And that, that, was a, that was a good one. I appreciated that. That gave me a belly laugh. Uh, It was, I I think, really funny and and good nuance there. No, no, because, again, you're allowed to make fun of white people, so you are allowed to call white people Cracker. That is okay. Um, Unless, of course, you're in my presence and you're not white and you do it, and then I'm going to probably figuratively throat punch you because that's racist. So Cracker Jack is now being changed to a much more horrible-sounding name, Cracker Jill. And I don't know if there has ever been a better name for a meth head at a trailer park than Cracker Jill. But there you go, world. You have a new nickname for meth heads at a trailer park. Do you enjoy being taken out to the ball game? What do you eat with your pack of peanuts? Thanks to gender equality, the answer should no longer be Cracker Jack. In a men-maiming move... Frito Lay has repackaged its iconic candy. Since manly mentions are jacked up, whoever wrote this for red state had too much time in their hands. Uh, feminists everywhere can now tear into a box of Cracker Jill. Now, for the record, I'm not opposed to Cracker Jill. Just make it a different flavor. Make it chocolate. I don't know. From what I understand, you ladies just suck down chocolate all the time. So make it like bonbon chocolate flavored. They make chocolate caramel uh, popcorn. Have that be Cracker Jill's. Let Cracker Jack continue to be Cracker Jack instead of just being, you know, woke idiots. Official Frito-Lay's YouTube channel boasts an ad in praise of the improvement. The company subscribes to a contemporary common concept. People are unable to live aptly unless they see others who look like themselves. Sometimes all it takes to believe that you can do something is to see someone who looks like you do it first. What? Okay, can I can I ask a serious question here? And I, I genuinely mean this. What the hell does Cracker Jack do for a living? So what... What do... What? The girl power promo champions change with a legacy in sports. This is what Cracker Jack is saying. With a legacy in sports... Cracker Jack is proud to support the girls and women who are changing the face of the game with a new face of our own. Introducing Cracker Jill. Okay. Well, since we're on the subject of women's sports, does Cracker Jill feature any trans women on them? Gotta ask. Uh, let's see. I, I I just, they then did a revised version of take me out to the ball game. What? Oh my God. They changed the take me out. Okay. Take me out to the, I'm not going to sing this. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker Jill. No one can stop you. If you have the will. Um, can I, I feel like I'm going to get a little salty here because we have to talk about peanuts. Um, are we still allowed to have nuts at a ball game or is that because of how it could be inferred? Is that now not acceptable? And, and do, do we get upset if somebody has nuts to eat, but other people don't? but want said nuts and how, how does I'm asking about trans nut issues here for peanuts and everything else at a ballpark. That's what I'm trying to ask. How, how do we address this situation going forward now? Because I don't know if we're going to deal with a, a situation here with, I, I, if you're looking, if you haven't seen this, uh, I'm looking at the, the box of cracker jills and all they are is a bunch of poorly dressed women with bad hair And I don't know how that is supposed to motivate girls and women to do better in the workforce, which they seem to be advocating. Sometimes all it takes to believe you can do something is to see someone who looks like you do it first, but they're not doing anything on the Cracker Jill bag except dressing poorly. Are you looking at him right now? Are any of those outfits appealing at all? Do we want to motivate women and girls to dress like that in any way, shape? No. No. Okay. Female perspective? What do you think? Nope. She says no, too. Not not. A... This is Frito-Lay saying this on the YouTube channel. Sometimes all it takes to believe that you can do something is to see someone who looks like you do it first. And that's the motivation to changing from Cracker Jack to Cracker Jill. But Jill doesn't do anything just like cracker jack doesn't do anything. If you you know here's the thing, if you wanted to make this accurate, every single one of those cuz they're all different races of women, of course, because cracker jack is only been white. But if you if you really wanted to make this accurate, every single one of those women, they would all be different races. Okay, I'm all for that. But every single one of them would be obese because we're talking about cracker jacks and cracker jacks are not healthy. That's what should be happening. They have a hashtag cracker jill? I your Your entire world is stupid. I don't know what else to say. I, <laughs> I, we are canceling Cracker Jack because we want to motivate women and girls, so we made Cracker Jill. And somebody thought that was a good idea. How about this? <clears throat> Let's um in the spirit of of women thinking they can compete with men. In athletics. In the spirit of that, why don't why don't we sell both Cracker Jack and Cracker Jill? And you have to choose which one you actually want to buy. And then let's see who buys more of of which one. And then at the end of the year, we can just go ahead and decide who actually wins this thing out. And I'm willing to bet there's a lot of women who don't want to buy Cracker Jill. Is, this is a perfect opportunity for you to have a new thing, call it Cracker Jill, and have a different flavor that doesn't compete with Cracker Jack, and you could have had both, the best of both worlds, but you didn't take the opportunity. Instead, you had to go ahead and cancel man, because this is a misandrous society that is anti-male in every way, shape, and form. Do you actually think that a woman came up with this idea? Because I don't. I, I find I find it impossible. Do you guys believe that a woman came up with this this whole thing? No, do you think a woman came up with this? Josh says no. You? No? They don't think a woman came up with it. I don't either. I I don't think... I do not think that they came up with this. I think this is a pasty, white, fat, white dude who came up with this idea to try to appease to women. Why? Because he's probably trying to diddle his secretary and she's not interested. And he's like, this could be on my resume. See, Jill? I named Cracker Jill's after you, Jill. It's not going to work. She doesn't like you, dude. Sorry. Stop trying so hard. You know, there isn't a guy out there who supports Planned Parenthood, right? Not one, not a single one. The only guys who support Planned Parenthood are the ones who don't want their girlfriends to have kids. We're coming up 95, three MNC. Hey everybody, Casey Hendrickson here for five star painting. So uh, they're not painting my house yet, but we've gone through the process of having five star painting out to the house and, Ah, the wife and I are still in a bit of a disagreement about the color. Uh, we like the same colors. It's really about the shade, and that's where the color consultation comes in over at Five Star Painting. So the professionals at Five Star Painting will send you know somebody out there, and they'll they'll be they'll look professional, they'll dress professional, they act professional. Tons of experience. Everybody gets training over there for their job. And at Five Star Painting, the color consultation is with you know you need to get a painting done, whether it's interior or exterior, but you don't know what colors to do or maybe you have a situation like my family has where we're in a little bit of a disagreement on what to do and we're not sure which one will work better that's where the color consultation comes in and so the color consulta- uh, consultation will you know basically show you which colors are are going to work which which they don't recommend and that sort of thing and and you can actually know that you're going to be getting the best possible color combination on your home or in your room and it's going to be picked by professionals. So you can settle disputes like with us or you can actually get some guidance if you don't really know where to go. Go to 5starpainting.com. Right now the cost of paint is actually going up all over the world because of everything that's happening. But if you mention me, if you say Casey sent you and you go to 5starpainting and you you set your project up, you will get free paint for your project. So go to 5starpainting.com, set up your appointment for your consultation today. And mention me, and when you do your project, you'll get free paint with your project. 5starpainting.com. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Why is it always the silly topics? (laughs) Why is it It's always the silly topics that motivate people to call? All right, the Glass Doctor of Elkhart in St. Joseph County, phone line 574-2595-953. That is 2595953. Uh, cracker Jacks are being renamed Cracker Jill, I think, because a fat, pasty white guy is trying to diddle his secretary. But I don't really have another explanation for it because it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Rob, welcome to the program. Good afternoon.
1: Hey, how you doing? Hi. So I'm a Cracker Jill Are they going to keep the same picture and still call it Cracker Jill?
0: Because.
1: Trans part.
0: Yeah, well, they have one, two, three, four, they have five new characters. And I am not sure if any of them are trans.
1: And then the other thing is, is uh, Cracker Jill going to keep the nuts? I think so. Yeah. that would make uh, it trans
0: yeah too, not it? not a full transition in the uh, in the recipe <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I will say this none of the new characters they're all different races but none of the new characters are dressed like a woman so maybe that's their nod uh, to the other side I don't really know
1: I don't know yeah. it just kind
0: of cracks me up Da! cracks you up ha ha ha, ha. Ah, all right. All right, Rob, appreciate it, man. Take care. Yeah, Thanks. <laughs> it's just, just crazy. Oh boy. I don't know why. <clears throat> I honest honestly, I don't, I don't know why people do these sorts of things. But they do, they do, and it's a giant waste of time. But what are you gonna do? Like I said, it was a perfect opportunity. If you're a free to lay, what you do is you come out with a new flavor. There's plenty of popcorn flavors out there. We've we've talked about gourmet popcorn makers here in the area many, many times on the show. They're amazing. And you have an opportunity to go ahead and come out with an entirely new flavor and call them Cracker Jill's. And then guess what? Nobody's mad because everybody gets it. Everybody understands that. You're expanding your product base. You're also appealing to, you know, to another segment of the population. You're pandering. You're doing all of it, and nobody's going to be upset. But when you just replace Cracker Jack with Cracker Jill just because you want to be woke and then you want to pretend that this is about inspiring girls and women to, uh, to be successful in life, when it's clearly not, I, I don't know what else to say. Hey, I forgot to mention this earlier when I was talking about the Hunter Biden fiasco. This is an article, Matt Vespa wrote this uh, yesterday. The laptop is real, it's been authenticated, there's no denying it, there's no more it's Russian disinformation, that circus is done. The emails are real, the deals are real, the corruption is real, the shady deeds of Hunter Biden and six more are for all to see with a special appearance by the big guy, Joe Biden, who again has been confirmed as the big guy multiple times now, okay? the current occupant of the White House. So as more things drop from this treasure trove of a hard drive, we have a college recommendation letter written by Joe Biden for the son of a Chinese business partner who worked with Hunter Biden. This kid applied to New York University, Brown University and Cornell University. And look, we have an email chain to prove it. The Biden White House can no longer run away from this. So they just don't comment anymore. The Chinese business partner was someone that Hunter did business with at BHR, an investment firm. So in 2017, Joe Biden wrote a college recommendation letter for the son of a Chinese executive who did business with Hunter Biden the former vice president has repeatedly denied discussing Hunter Biden's business ventures with his son, which we all know is a flipping lie. Fox News Digital obtained emails between Hunter Biden and his business associates involved in his firm, Rosemont Seneca's joint venture with Chinese investment firm Bohai Capital and BHR. Hunter held a 10% stake in BHR as recently as last year. The White House previously acknowledged Uh, All of this. And then Hunter's attorney told the New York Times in November that he had since divested. Now, while he has since divested, he's still listed as a part of the company. So they're claiming that he's divested from it, but he's still listed as having shares of that company. In an email dated January 3rd, 2017, and sent to Hunter Biden and his business associates, Devin Archer, who's now been convicted of fraud, And Jim Bolger, CEO of BHR, Jonathan Lee, writes, Gentlemen, please find the attached resume of my son, Chris Lee. He is applying the following colleges uh, for this year, listing Brown University, Cornell, and New York University. Lee goes on to attach an updated version of his son's CV in a subsequent email. Hunter Biden has been under federal investigation for his tax affairs since 2018, and that was also something that the media said was not true. Uh, Fox News first reported in December of 2020 that Biden was a subject or target of the grand jury investigation. A well-placed government source told Fox News all of this. And according to the source, a target means there is a high probability that person committed a crime, while a subject is someone you don't know for sure has committed a crime. The federal investigation into Hunter Biden was predicted in part by suspicious activity reports, SARs regarding suspicious foreign transactions which of course we talked about a lot on the show another source familiar with the investigation told fox in december of 2020 that the SARs were regarding funds from china and other foreign nations so now now we have joe biden writing a recommendation letter for the son of a chinese business mogul who is tied to his son's business dealings and you're supposed to you're supposed to assume that joe biden has never talked with his son about his business dealings with china yet he wrote a recommendation letter for this chinese person's son is that at all okay at all plausible of course it isn't it's absolutely not plausible but that's that's the whole story all 25 95 3 John, welcome to the program. Good afternoon.
1: Uh, Casey, hi. This is John. Hi there. Uh, this is a little bit loosely connected, but I think we need to have a revolution. <clears throat> and the revolution is when the states were assigned their colors for Republican or Democrat. Okay. I- I'm reading from Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. The colors red and blue. Traditional map makers, at least in the 20th century, used blue to depict modern-day Republicans as the earlier Federalist Party and a holdover from Civil War blue uniforms. Correct. It all changed in 2012. ABC, first large electric map in 1980, used red for Republicans and blue for Democrats. Now, why would they do that? Particularly when, in China especially during the Mao years, it was unheard of to have a musical on stage without having the national anthem, which was The East is Red. We talk about the Russian Revolution in October of 1917. We even have a movie about it, The Hunt for Red October. Mm -hmm. Chinese and Russian flags are red. Right, Joe, Joe Biden gets money from china mm-hmm. there's the connection there i think that the liberal press hoisted one on the american people when they assigned red to republicans
0: yeah no, they, like, yeah they totally oh, did
1: yeah it's like if i'm a liar the first thing i will do is i will call you a liar right or in the case of mr putin if you use fascist nazi techniques Mm-hmm. you call the people you're attacking not
0: right all right so, no no you're, you're right and, and rush limbaugh used to talk about this too i'm sorry i'm just on a hard break but rush limbaugh used to talk about this too that you know the great switch on how they would categorize all of this and that's because of course republicans referred to democrats as socialists because they are and so they decided that they were going to have this little quiet revolution if you will on the electoral maps and just swap the colors but you're absolutely right you got more coming up. news talk 95.3 michiana's news channel Hey everybody, Casey Hendrickson here, and Major League Baseball opening day is here. Right now, all customers can swing for the fences with a no-sweat, same-game parlay on FanDuel Sportsbook. Just pick any Major League Baseball game and combine at least three bets, okay? So you can have the winner of the game, first home run hitter, total score, you can combine all of that into one bet for a bigger payout. Uh, baseball man Josh, what do you think? What are the chances of the Cubs this year? Any chance? Think the Cubs have a chance this year? Long way, long way. Do they have a chance or no? You think they do? It's day one. You, oh, because it's day one. I don't think they have a chance. Okay, I mean, I hope they have a chance. I hope I'm proven wrong. I don't think they do. Good guy. He's like, well, it's day one, so technically, yeah, they got a chance. He's all being mathematic about it. And if your bet does not win, FanDuel will refund you up to ten dollars in free bets. If you're not sure what to bet on, make sure you check out FanDuel's new popular same-game parlays and see what most fans are actually betting on, and then you can get in on that action as well. There's no better place to bet on America's pastime than on America's number one sportsbook. So head over to FanDuel and and your account right now, or you can download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code Casey C A S E Y. And you can bet your no-sweat same-game parlay today. That is promo code Casey. You must be 21 or over and present in Indiana. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issue is not withdrawable site credit that expires 14 days after receipt restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you have a gambling problem, please get help. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. If you're watching the live stream on Rumble, you know what the hashtag we're using today is. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna say it on the air. They go, "Don't ask me what it is." You're just ask me what it is. Don't ask me what it is. If you're watching on the live stream at Rumble.com/slash Casey the host, you know what the hashtag is. I've already given my boss enough uh, mini strokes today. I don't think I need to give him any more. But uh, the Navy SEALs, we got to talk about this. this is um, this is a real, real crappy story. So the United States Navy, for those of you who don't know, Navy SEALs do training all over the country, and there's various spots of our country, and they're not the only unit, obviously, but there's various spots in our country that are conducive to the environments that certain units operate in. And the Navy SEALs, in particular, um, they, they do training, especially at night, up in Washington State, and they do this on on uh, Was- or in Washington State Parks, okay? And so if you're around like Olympia and, and some of those areas, um, you know, Shelton and, and things like that, if you're familiar with Washington State at all, there's a lot of places for them to train out there. And it's beautiful terrain. It can be difficult terrain. It's very, very dark at night. And there's not a lot of city influence or light bleed or anything like that. It makes it really good for training purposes. So there were some lawsuits. That were filed by leftists um, who don't want the Navy SEALs training in Washington state parks. And I'm not making this up. The activists who filed the suit, they said that they did not like the idea, and I'm quoting here, of ninjas sneaking around in the parks. And the ninjas, of course, are the Navy SEALs who would kill ninjas throwing that out there. Uh, The Navy had trained in the coastal recreational sites for more than 30 years, according to state officials, but the service paused activities in the face of an organized opposition to the renewal and expansion of a five-year agreement that expired in 2020. Thurston County Superior Court Judge James J. Dixon rescinded permission for the SEAL training, ruling that state law does not give Washington Parks and Recreation Commission the power to let parks be used for military purposes. Just about 70 miles southwest of Olympia in Astoria, Oregon, at the mouth of the Columbia Army Green Beret training continued last year with little attention or outcry, just as it has for some five decades, according to Stars and Stripes magazine. So you have to understand something. Like, they're not running around shooting things there. That's not the training that is being done. It's... Activists just don't want the military around. That's really all it is. Uh, Let's see. Um, Uncle Sam's misguided children. The training of Army Green Berets takes place on private property along the Columbia River with the permission of the property owners. The SEAL training was in a state-owned park. The Navy considered using private facilities previously, but finding one on the coast itself could be difficult, especially after the judge made some politically charged statements. Judge Dixon used domestic political tensions in his ruling against the Navy. Citing the riot at the Capitol on January 6th. I'm not making this up. So the judge won't let the Navy SEALs train in state parks in Washington, and he cited the Capitol riot on January 6th? He also spoke about the war in Ukraine by saying that people initially believed Russia was just conducting an exercise? And those types of statements strongly sway public opinion and should not have been made by a judge. Well, (laughs) this goes back to the Jade Helm crap, okay? There's a lot of, like, right-wing hosts who don't know anything about the military. And remember, Jade Helm uh, was a big thing a few years back. Jade Helm is a military exercise that has existed for a long time. But, of course, they ran with it, the... I'm I'm only naming it because this is the biggest host that really pushed it was Alex Jones and some of the people around him. Uh, Jade Helm is a military exercise where there is a mock invasion of a country and is done in the South. Okay, it's not a it's not a training ground to actually invade Southern states or anything like that. It has been around since I was in the service. Jade Helm is an annual exercise. There's nothing unusual about it. There's nothing weird about it. When Jade Helm started trending, I'm like, why is everybody talking about Jade Helm? Jade Helm's been around for a long time. But there's still people out there who are convinced that that Jade Helm exercise was a a plot, if you will, against red southern states. It wasn't. It's your typical training exercise that is done annually anyway. And so this judge is not only citing January 6th as to why the Navy SEALs can't train in state parks, but he's also saying, well, everybody believed that uh, Vladimir Putin was just doing a training exercise too, and all of a sudden... Uh, it's an actual invasion. Is he really alluding to the idea that the Navy SEALs are invading Washington State? Does he think the Navy SEALs work for, I don't know, Rush Limbaugh? I. This, what? This guy is crazy. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Uncle Sam's misguided children continues. The fact remains that activists got their way and pushed the Navy out of their training ground in Washington State Park. Again, they've been training there for thirty years. It is unclear at this time whether Dixon's ruling will be appealed. I hope it is appealed. Puget Sound's coastline, cold water, and currents provide a challenging environment that can be found that can't be found anywhere else in the continental United States, and forms a critical cornerstone. This would be one of the times. That I would say, honestly, I even though it would set a terrible precedent, so I'm going to regret saying this tomorrow. But this would be one of those times that I would be okay with the federal government coming in and going, "No, we're going to train here, and you're going to like it. If you don't want to like it, then you're not going to get any federal funds for your state parks. How about that? That's that's where I would be, because again, this is this is a perfect environment for them to operate in, and that's why you know uh, Green Berets and things like that train there too. But they said that's private land. This isn't private land. It's it's public. It's just, I don't, I don't even know how to get around the kind of idiocy that we hear some of these judges say, you know, as dumb as this judge is, at least this judge isn't out there apologizing to pedophiles who are in front of them. Like judge Jackson who's about to be confirmed to the Supreme court. So as dumb as this judge is still not as big of an idiot as judge Jackson or anyone who supports her. Just so we're crystal clear. And this guy's really, really low. There's no doubt about that. He's low on the totem pole. All right, ladies and gentlemen, go to theburningtruth.us and get the podcast, daily show prep. Sign up for my newsletter. Trust me, you want to do that. Theburningtruth.us. You can also find me on Rumble. We're live streaming right now, rumble.com. Slash Casey, the host. Hit that subscribe button. Word of the day for the comment section on Rumble, the people's fox. It's a phrase, it's not a word, it's a phrase. Phrase of the day the people's fox boy if you missed that story did you miss some good stuff at the beginning of the show though you can go back and watch it later on rumble got more coming up news talk 95 3 news channel enjoy the music for an extendedly long period of time while i duck out early because i'm out of things to say We well, hear me now. Looks like we looks like it might be okay now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we apologize. Some gremlins happened, and we don't know exactly what went on with our macro here, but we weren't trying to play you that many commercials. I promise. <laughs> what ended up happening is we it, it just it basically fired two commercial breaks at one time. So we apologize about that, but uh, we're all back, and and uh, I'll just keep talking until they tell me not to talk again. So how about that? All right. I want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Um, if you would cue my audio, I know you don't have anything else to do right now, but if you would cue my audio, I would appreciate it. This is Jen Pisaki. Okay? Now, she's admitting to something that has a lot of people very, very upset with illegal immigrants coming across the southern border. Have a listen to this. She's talking to Peter Ducey.
1: Thank you, Jen. First, on immigration, our team in Texas is uh, saying that you guys are starting to give smartphones to border crossers, hoping that they'll use the phones to check in or uh, to be tracked. Uh, Which part of that is supposed to deter people from crossing illegally into the states? Well, I I think you of all people, since you've asked me a range of questions on this topic over time, would recognize that we need to take steps to ensure that we know where individuals are and and, and we can check in with them.
0: Okay, so um, this is the latest thing. And the White House is spinning this in a bit of an interesting way. We are giving free cell phones, free smartphones, to illegal immigrants who are coming across the southern border right now. And the defense of this is that the phones will be used to track the illegal immigrants in the United States. Now, this is there's two things that end up happening here. One, You're admitting that there is a problem keeping track of people coming into the United States. And two, you're assuming that they aren't going to ditch the phone the moment they can. Or otherwise disable the tracking mechanisms on all of this. So this is kind of the story here. We're on, uh, what is it? Uh, Media right. Okay. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, uh, who is getting ready to leave here soon. By the way, very salty. I told you she is salty. She's salty with uh, Peter Doocy. She confirmed today a report that the Biden administration is giving cell phones to illegal immigrants in order to, quote, track and check in with them. Right. okay. Uh, Fox News broke the story. And, of course, it was labeled as conspiracy theory and all of that other stuff until it was confirmed. In the first part, uh, the Fox report shared a video where a line of people were walking and reported new. We are in Brownsville, Texas where we are once again witnessing the mass release of single adult migrants from federal custody. And I watched the video of this earlier and I, there's hundreds of people. Just hundreds of people being let into the country. I'm told many of them are given these phones by a government by the government to track them and allow them to communicate with ICE, but there's no way to stop them from being tossed. Right. You know, you remember many years ago when I was criticized by a couple of immigrant groups for saying, you know, just uh, you know, there's little like rice-sized tracking devices that we have. Yeah, just right in the neck. Just go ahead and just give it to them. And people are saying, oh no, no, that's a that's a human rights violation. What is? Why is this different? Why is this different? You want to come to the country? We're gonna let you stay in the country. You have you have a choice. Look, you get the tracker or you turn around, you go home. Which one do you want? Your choice. We'll give it. We'll give you the choice. Like talking to a kid, it's your choice. Choice A, choice B, it's up to you. Choice A, you get uh, you get a tracker in the neck. Choice B, you get to go home and we don't have to deal with you anymore. So, but if you look at it, I mean, they have pictures of the phones and everything else. And, uh, I mean, you know, they look like they're they're relatively nice phones, but all smartphones kind of look the same nowadays. Uh, today's press briefing, Fox News' Peter Ducey referenced the report, told Saki, our team in Texas, is saying that you guys are starting to give smartphones to border crossers, hoping that they'll use the phones to check in or be tracked at the border. And he asked a very simple question. How is this supposed to deter people from crossing illegally into the states? Great question. The answer is it doesn't. It doesn't deter anybody. That is kind of the point. Of course, she said, well, you've asked me several questions about this, Peter. And she looked really miffed when she was talking to Peter. See, the sooner that Jen Psaki gets away from White House press secretary and the closer she gets to MSNBC, the more irritated she is getting with Peter Ducey, she's not putting on this this veil of showmanship anymore. She's letting that kind of drop, and she's showing really her true feelings about Peter Ducey here because he's made her life very difficult. Um, I, I think she could very well have had one of the most difficult times as press secretary, I think, that I have ever seen. And I know that some people will be like, well, you know, look at what Kayleigh McEnany had to go through and everything else. Yeah, but Kayleigh McEnany had fun. Uh, She was beating on people every single day, Uh, and it was hysterical to watch her do her business because she ran circles around the, the press. It was awesome. Jen Psaki has to come out there and walk back almost every statement that Joe Biden makes. She has to clarify the statements of other people in his cabinet, and she's constantly having to clean up his mess. That's very different than dealing with an abusive press corps that is lying about your boss. So Jen Psaki, I think, has not had an easy job. And I, I've told everybody before, I would not be surprised if his entire staff are chain smokers now. I really wouldn't. So again, the White House's excuse is that we are using these phones to track the illegal immigrants in the country so we know where they are, which admits that they were having an issue keeping track of them, which is something that we have been telling you for years and everybody else has been telling you for years. But of course, liberals are always saying, no, no, it's not true. Nobody actually disappears. Nobody actually gets lost. We know where every illegal immigrant is. They all come back for their uh, for their hearings, and that's not true. We know that that's not true. So it' very interesting to watch this kind of play out. Um, ran into this story as well. Got a couple of COVID things for everybody. Uh, let's see where where did this go? What what's going on here? Um, basically, what they ended up finding out is ah, here it is. Sorry, they. I hate it when here's the thing. This is advice for all of you who are starting these um, for all of you who are starting websites, okay? If you front load the top of every post with a page or a page and a half of advertisements, no one's going to read your crap. Okay? Just just don't do that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go down and I'm going to find the original link to the real story and I'm going to go read that so I don't have to read your website anymore and then I'm going to blacklist it. Okay? That's just my little irritated diatribe of the day. Not like I don't have 3 or 4 of them anyway. The counties with the highest vaccination rates. Okay? This is this month. This is a few days ago. This is the latest report. Counties with the highest vaccination rates have more COVID cases than the least vaccinated. Just going to say this again. The counties with the highest vaccination rates have more COVID cases than the least vaccinated rates. So this goes along with exactly what the CDC said about kids and minors who are being vaccinated. Of course, that data has existed in multiple studies for several months now. That the, basically what has happened is we've seen that you're more likely to get a COVID infection now if you are a minor who is vaccinated than a minor who is not vaccinated. And as I've said before, that maybe that has to do with those who are not vaccinated. Perhaps they have already had COVID and therefore chose not to get vaccinated. Don't really have all of those metrics. They didn't study all of that. But what we do know is that for persons under the age of 18, if you are vaccinated, you're more likely to get COVID now than those who are not vaccinated. Part of that might be a natural immunity thing, but we don't have the data points for that. So now we've got the counties in the United States with the highest vaccination rates. They have more COVID-19 cases than the counties that have the least vaccinated, according to the rates. U.S. counties with the highest vaccination rates uh, against COVID-19 are currently experiencing more cases than those with the lowest vaccination rates, according to data collected by the CDC. Okay, The 500 counties where 62 to 95 percent of the population has been vaccinated, detected more than 75 cases per 100,000 residents on average in the past week. Meanwhile, the 500 counties where 11 to 40% of the population has has been vaccinated averaged about 58 cases per 100,000. Youch! Now, you do have a disproportionate sample size there, but that disproportionate sample size should actually help the vaccinated, not the unvaccinated, but it doesn't. Uh, The data is skewed by the fact that the CDC suppresses figures for counties with very low numbers of detected cases, one to nine for privacy purposes. Um, And again, they do that because if you've got a county with very, very small amount of population, they don't want you just automatically determining who it was. Hey, it was Will down the road who has COVID. Okay, so they don't release that stuff publicly because of that. The Epic Times calculated the average case rates by assuming the counties with the suppressed numbers had 5 cases each on average, which is the middle ground. So those those counties would be pre- between 1 and 9, so the Epic Times basically calculated that to the average of 5, all right? Which makes perfect sense. The least vaccinated counties tended to be much smaller, averaging less than 20,000 in population. The most vaccinated counties had an average population of over 330,000. More populous counties, however, weren't more likely to have higher case rates. So even when comparing counties of similar population, the one with the most vaccinations tended to have higher case rates than those that reported the least vaccinations. Among counties with populations of 1 million or more, the 10 most vaccinated had a case rate of more than 27% higher than the 10 least vaccinated and in counties with populations of 500,000 to 1 million, the 10 most vaccinated had a case rate almost 19% higher than the 10 least vaccinated. In counties with populations of 200,000 to 500,000 people, the 10 most vaccinated counties had case rates of around 55% higher than the 10 least vaccinated. The differences were more than 200% for counties with populations of 100 to 200,000 people, now there's a couple of reasons that we could probably look at this. Okay, and this is obviously you know not calculating um, hospitalizations from COVID, not hospitalizations with COVID, because that is a trash number that nobody should pay attention to, but hospitalizations from COVID. So if you take a look at, at this data, there's a couple of things that we can kind of see here. Um, obviously, on the surface, it's like, well, the vaccine isn't preventing infection. We already know the vaccine doesn't prevent infection. The other thing is, is that we're also dealing with more populous counties. So it's possible that because of the population and the proximity and that sort of thing, that we could be dealing with easier spread of the virus because of that, as opposed to those lower populated areas, that is certainly a fair argument to make. That's why they calculated these based on... Um, based on population and that sort of thing, too, to get kind of similar results. So the, the Epic Times actually did a really good job of breaking this down from the CDC data, and I have to applaud them for it because it was a lot of work, and, and they actually put it in there. And that's appreciative because most of the time news outlets don't do this. They just repeat whatever they've been told, and somebody else has to actually crunch the numbers. How many times we heard a news story here locally or heard a public health official here locally say something, and I have to pull up the actual state data and county data and go, everything they said to you was wrong? And give you the data here because nobody in the news media wanted to do it because it's well, it's boring. Nobody likes it. Uh, very few of us nerds out there that actually enjoy crunching statistics. But you also start to, yeah, you have to ask a couple of different questions. Okay, um, are are we dealing with, you know, a number of people who are are, you know, naturally immune uh, versus people who've never actually had the virus? What are the behavior patterns of those people? You know, in the lower populated counties, are they more likely to have natural immunity than in some of those higher areas? What were the COVID policies in those areas? Because a lot of people, there was just a study done, and maybe I'll try and pull this up depending on on how the break situation ends up working out here, but there was just a study done that showed a majority of people have not returned to their pre-pandemic life. I mean, all of those people are losers, but they haven't returned to their pre-pandemic life because they're still scared to death. There are people who are still scared to death of something that right now isn't killing anybody, except for in the most extreme of cases, and they're not returning to their normal life. And if we're going to calculate these numbers and show that, hey, vaccinated areas tend to have more caseloads, a lot of those people were people who were stuck in their house, were petrified, had very strict COVID restrictions, weren't allowed to leave their homes, and now they're starting to come out. We've watched this through the entire pandemic, through multiple waves of the pandemic. And and I've told you every time people start opening up and going back outside again, if they don't have if they've not had COVID yet, they're going to get it. And what ends up happening? We end up having a new wave of COVID cases because all of those people who sheltered themselves away from the virus are now coming back out into the virus, thinking they're safe from a vaccine because they were told the vaccine would prevent infection. And guess what? The vaccine doesn't prevent infection. And that's fine. They were lied to but you've known for a long time now that the vaccine doesn't prevent infection yet there are still people out there who pretend that it does and you've even got the ceo of pfizer saying that our vaccine booster shots the fourth shot doesn't even last you know 2 months for crying out loud so people are getting it they're thinking they're safe they're going out they're not they're not having any protection almost at all from from the uh from the virus and so there could be an explanation in this discrepancy here with the higher caseloads in the most vaccinated areas because those tend to be heavily blue areas, heavily populated areas with the strictest lockdowns where they didn't leave their house, they sheltered themselves away, and now they're starting to come back out into the sunlight where they're getting exposed to the virus and the vaccine isn't protecting them from getting infected. Maybe, depending on who they are, it'll protect them from going to the hospital, but it won't protect them from getting infected. So I want to be clear, I'm not telling you that getting vaccinated is going to make you get the virus or that it's somehow going to increase the likelihood that you get the virus because there's conflicting data points on that. What we do know is that in some research, particularly for younger demographics, it does seem to show that that is the case. And since most people are should be, finally, aware of this, that for two weeks after you get any one of the vaccines, your immune system is completely trashed. So you have the vaccine between one and two weeks. And so the safe bet is to say two weeks, you get the vaccine, you get the booster for two weeks. Your immune system is just hot garbage. Okay? It doesn't really protect you against anything. And a lot of people get that infection then because they don't actually shelter themselves away until their immune system kind of comes back. So there's a whole bunch of circumstances that could be played into this. It's just that you should, you should know that according to the CDC, it's holding the trends with adults as it was doing with the kids that in areas with the highest vaccination rates, they have the highest caseload of virus right now versus places that have the lower vaccination rates. And what we found is that places with low vaccination rates tended to get hit really hard by the virus and people are just relying on their natural immunity, which makes perfect sense because natural immunity is a heck of a lot better than the vaccine anyway. So, um, and there's a lot of data that kind of conflicts back and forth about natural immunity plus the vaccine, Some data points show that it it actually helps you. And in other data points, you you get beyond a couple of weeks, you know, finding out that it actually hurts your natural immunity and actually dwindles your natural immunity. So that's still being hashed out in the lab as well. So there's a whole host of things that have to be factored in here. So again, just don't think that I'm automatically just telling you that, hey, um, if you're vaccinated, you're more likely to get COVID because there's more to it than that. But I wanted to give you the latest numbers. And speaking of all of this, we have to talk about the FDA Because the FDA's own experts don't really have any idea why they're telling people to get booster shots. And that should be a little concerning to everybody. So we'll talk about that next coming up on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. MNC News Time is 531. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I don't know. I can't hear myself. We on? <laughs> I hope so. I'm going to keep talking like we are. How about that? Go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host, watch the live stream. Yeah, it's not registering me. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News talk 95 three Michiana's news channel. I am your host Casey Hendrickson. <clears throat> I was just thinking about uh, showing the movie gremlins to my, my kids. I don't know if they're old enough though. Grimlin's a little bit more scary than, than I remembered it was, so I'm, I'm thinking about it, though. All right, uh, I got to tell you about r and Car Company. First of all, we love r and Car Company. That's where we went and actually bought my wife's last vehicle, and uh, you got a great deal for it. She was looking for very specific things in a new car. Uh, we liked the old van. The, the van gave us plenty of space. It was great for the families, but she needed something that, that was obviously newer, Had some upgraded features that she was looking for, but could still actually get the family around. And so she went to R and B Car Company, and she test drove about six vehicles or so. She had some ideas of of what she liked, and ultimately, um, surprisingly, she actually picked one of the vehicles that she wasn't sure she was going to like very much because it drove better than the other ones. And that's what she ended up picking. And we got a great deal. I mean, we were in and out of that place in a couple of hours. Uh, The staff was awesome with the kids. And they made sure that the kids, you know, were were occupied and not bored and throwing temper tantrums and that sort of thing. And very comfortable environment to buy a vehicle. No pressure, nothing like that. Very fast financing, fair financing. And they didn't they didn't push us into a vehicle that that we were uncomfortable paying for. Go to rbcarcompany.com, take a look at their inventory and go over to one of their dealerships. And please, when you go, let them know that you're there because of us, even if even if you don't buy a vehicle, just let r Car Company know that you're at that dealership because you listen to this show. Okay. The FDA's own experts. This is where things get obviously pretty wonky. One of my my biggest issues with government officials throughout this entire pandemic is that they haven't been honest with people and they've been hiding information and they've been doing things based on gut feeling as opposed to the science and and pretending that it was the science and that's kind of the reason that I've I've taken issue with so many of them. There's been some some decent public health officials. Don't get me wrong, but um, for the most part, they have not done their job, and that's that's unfortunate because you're supposed to rely on them for this information to keep you informed and to keep you safe. So the Food and Drug Administration bypassed many of its own protocols to speed through the authorization of Pfizer's second booster dose, which is the fourth shot. Okay, so they, they've now changed the language too. This is another thing that they've done. They have changed the language. So they're just calling it, you know, second booster. It's your fourth shot. It's your fourth shot. And you got the CEO of Pfizer saying it doesn't last, you know, more than two months. And when you get to that two-month mark, it's like 25% effective. Multiple medical experts, including some who sit on the FDA's top vaccine advisory committee, said that they had no idea why the agency skipped over its normal approval process to authorize the fourth vaccine dose for Americans age 50 or older. The authorization was even broader than the drug company requested, which was that it be greenlit for those age 65 or older. So you've got medical experts, right? Trust the experts, right? Not radio hosts, trust the experts, multiple medical experts, including those who sit on the FDA's vaccine advisory committee. And they're sitting down there going, we have no idea why this got approved. No clue. I'm sorry. That should make all of you nervous. If, the FDA's own experts who sit on the Vaccine Advisory Committee have no idea why the boosters were approved for people 50 or older. That should make you very nervous. The FDA Vaccine Panel and the Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee, or VRBPAC, is meeting on Wednesday. or well, they met Wednesday, I guess, as part of the agenda to be discussed, the fourth vaccine dose and the Israeli studies, which are being used to exhibit its effectiveness. Typically, the vaccine authorization process would involve a meeting and vote by Verpack on whether to recommend authorization, followed by the FDA head granting that authorization. Then the CDC, their vaccine committee would vote on how to recommend the vaccine, which would then be determined by the CDC director. Okay. So The FDA's advisory committee will say, yeah, we recommend it. The director of the FDA will go, okay, I sign off on it, then goes to the CDC. It's almost like passing a bill in Congress. It then goes off to the CDC vaccine committee, and they go, yes, we like this, and they push it up to the CDC director, then signs off on it. Um, Dr. Paul Offit, a co-inventor of the rotavirus vaccine and member of Verpac, said that he couldn't explain why the FDA didn't present its data to the committee first Before moving ahead with authorization. The way it's working here. Is that the government basically just declares. That this is what they're going to do. So normally you have this process. Where it goes through the vaccine advisory committee. At the FDA. Then the director of the FDA signs off on it. Then it goes to the CDC vaccine advisory committee. And then the CDC director. Signs off on it. The vaccine advisory committees are being bypassed. Completely here. And nobody knows why. So. You've got all of these experts going, why aren't they even consulting with us? Why aren't they presenting any of their data to us? The government is just saying, we're going to authorize this, and a bunch of bureaucrats and politicians are the ones that are dictating it's safe for you to get stuck in the arm and not any medical experts because they're not actually looking at any of this. The medical experts aren't being consulted. The medical experts aren't being presented any scientific data whatsoever, not just politicians. That's all it is. In an interview with The Daily Caller, often expressed concern that the data used to authorize a second booster could be flawed. The Israeli studies examine the outcomes of individuals who got the four shot versus those who declined one, and often explain that this is lacking compared to a randomized controlled clinical trial, which of course randomized controlled clinical trials haven't been used throughout the entire pandemic to justify anything with the pandemic. Anyway, it's why we have such bad science and fake science being pushed by public health officials. So this should concern people quite a bit, and it's a it's a radical change in the way that medicine is done in this country that should scare everybody because it's putting the entire the entire say-so on Washington, D.C. bureaucrats and not a medical experts. More coming up, 95.3 MNC. Hey, everybody. Casey Hendrickson here. Again, finding a reliable mechanic that you trust can often be a daunting task. And I know that a lot of people are scared of going to a mechanic they've never been to before, and they don't know if they're going to get good work taken care of. They don't know if the mechanic's going to stand by their work, and they don't know if they're going to be charged too much or sold on repairs that they don't actually need. And Jason's Automotive has built their reputation by word of mouth, not with advertising dollars. And that's one of the reasons that they have been so successful in building their business up until this point. And now they're out there to tell the rest of you who haven't heard about them exactly what they can provide for you and your vehicle. So whether it's routine maintenance like oil changes and testing batteries and things like that or wheel alignments or more intensive repairs, You can go to Jason's Automotive in Edwardsburg, Michigan on Main Street, and they can take care of you. And here's the thing. They're not going to oversell you on something. They'll let you know what needs to be repaired now, and if something can wait, they'll let you know about how long it can wait and still give you an estimate on the cost of that repair so you can plan ahead and you don't get hit with a last-minute major bill that you don't need. Go to Jason's Automotive. You can find them online at jasonautotruckrepair.com, but Jason's Automotive is located in Edwardsburg on Main Street. Let them know that I sent you, please. all right folks welcome back don't forget subscribe on rumble please go to rumble.com slash casey the host daily show prep podcast musings and more also the conservative news aggregator all available at theburningtruth.us and make sure you subscribe to the newsletter big things coming it's already in beta testing for the new social network and the new website that'll be launching here soon for the general public So you got to be a part of that newsletter to get notification of when that goes live, theburningtruth.us. There is a rumor out there that uh, 60 Russian soldiers have basically staged a mutiny and refused to fight in Ukraine. They're now facing prison sentences. The story's in the Daily Mail, though, and I don't really trust anything the Daily Mail says, so I'm not exactly sure how authentic the story is. But this is according to Ukrainian government officials, which could show more unrest and descent in the Russian ranks. Here's Bill O'Reilly.